back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome to Hitting the Hardwood on the Block. We're going to talk a little bit of NBA basketball. The playing game is still jumping off. Some losses were taken. Some wins were achieved. Some celebrations seem like they just won the championship. We'll get all into that right now in this particular segment. Boxster, talk to me, man. I mean, listen. The Timberwolves ended up having a big game against the uh, uh, the Clippers, and uh, they found out like is it there was a there was a lot of lot going on out there uh, at the Target Center, man. It, it was it it was you know celebration central. It was like they had a parade, like they just won a, the championship, <laughs> or they was in March Madness and they just came away with the with the trophy. You had you had uh, Glue Girl Gate. That's right, Glue Girl. Yeah, Glue Girl Gate was popping off at at, at one part of the game. And, uh, you know, so the way that I look at it, and and, and here's what I'll say. I mean, I'll just throw this out there. I mean, it was a – I didn't know how the Clippers would fare. I thought maybe Ty Lue and the group would get it done. Uh, But, listen, those guys earned that home court advantage, and they took advantage of it. Anthony, uh, Carl Anthony Towns did what he's supposed to do as the leading man of that organization right now. Uh, he shined and showed up and, and he provided what it was needed and necessary big time, late game steal um, that, um, you know, our boy, um, Pat, Bev- gosh, <laughs> Pat Beverly, um, Pat Beverly, crazy yeah. Pat. <laughs> yes. Pat Beverly, talk crap, talk S stuff back pat beverly got uh got the uh big steal for them late in the game to secure the the win um but but here's what i say right there there is just some interesting things about that right pat beverly had obviously been with the clippers um they moved on and and let him go and felt that he wasn't a a a significant piece to the success of the clipper organization and he finds himself there in, in uh, the north tundra of Minnesota. And I tell you, it is cold. Uh, been there many a times in the wintertime. And woof, I tell <laughs> you something, it is not a, a great sight to show up in the winter of Minnesota. But they got the win. And Pat Beverly, I think his leadership, his energy, his passion, his his just willingness to to do whatever it takes, uh, and I think that tr- I, I I really do, Bach. I think that kind of fed in to uh, the veins of the team in basically getting this done because you saw the emotion on his face after they won. I mean, he was just very emotional, and he definitely gave it up to Carl Anthony Towns and the uh, presser afterwards. Um, what's your thought on that win? Um, I know you were thinking that Ty Lue would get it done, but they came up a little short in this uh, playing game. 
Yeah, it's interesting for, for Toronto Lou and the Clippers on that side. Now they're awaiting uh, the winner of tonight's uh, game where they're playing for the eighth seed there between San Antonio and New Orleans. Um, not good for the Clippers because now you got to go up against the Suns if you do win that game, um, which you never want your, your you know, I, I think they, they'll beat the Spurs. I think they'll beat uh, the Pelicans if they ended up going into those games. But you never want to put your game in, a, you know, your season on the line in a one-game scenario. Um, but they were on the road, and Patrick Beverly is like, he's, he's just, just like a booster for a home crowd, right? Like you already get the home, home, uh, home crowd benefit of you know calls and and just the, the you know the the, the mom, uh, momentum kind of riding your way. But Pat Bev boosts that up a little bit, and uh, so it was it was kind of cool to see. I know there were a lot of jokes on Twitter about them looking like they won the championship, but I don't know. Again, I I don't know exactly why I feel this way, but whenever I think of the Timberwolves, I think of like a united fan base, right? Because in, in the NBA is a lot about the players more so than the team. So a lot of people just kind of follow their pl favorite players around the league. But, you know, geographically, and, you know, if you're close to the Twin Cities, um, you've probably been a Timberwolves fan for, for quite some time. And, and you know, it, it's, it's just never all that easy. It's been since 2004, I believe, since they went to the playoffs, other than the one year they were the eighth seed with Jimmy Butler and that group and uh, Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns and those guys. But they didn't get it done. Uh, and so it, it just it, – it's been – Pretty tough to be a, a Timberwolves fan, so you could see it kind of the emotion in the building. There was a lot of, I mean, there was Kevin Garnett jerseys everywhere. So I mean, these these are a lot of longtime Timberwolves fans. So to kind of get over that hump, to make sure you get into the playoffs, and, and D'Angelo Russell said it too in the post game report, is that the NBA has has kind of put this additional obstacle for the Timberwolves. They went forty six and thirty six. More often than not, that earns you a spot yeah. into the into the into the NBA playoffs. But now the you know there's the play in situation. So uh, it's it kind of made it a little bit more difficult. We talked about before how the West is a, it, it's just it doesn't make any sense for them to do this because the 7 and 8 seed are clearly far ahead in the, in the standings, at least 6 games ahead of the 9 and 10 seed. Um you know, it might make a little bit more sense over there in the East, but um, it was it's huge for the Timberwolves. It was cool to see Ant Edwards too, such a young guy, uh, step up. It's it's almost like, uh, you know, and I've heard him say before in his pre-draft uh, stuff actually, but that he's not necessarily an all-in type of basketball guy. You, you've heard the same thing about Kyrie Irving. You know, they're not going to extend their career to the end just for the love of the game, that sort of thing. Um, and that scared some people. But I mean, he, man, is he developing well? Um, yeah. D'Angelo Russell, also a guy that maybe gets a little bit overlooked. Remember when he was in in, in yeah, Los like Angeles, it. he had that problem mm -hmm. with Nick Young and, and the girlfriend situation or whatever. Yeah. He had to mature into really being a really good piece in Brooklyn and getting them to the playoffs a few years ago kind of started that rebuild to the point to where it would be interesting or actually like intriguing for KD to want to set up shop there and get it going there. Um, obviously had that short stint in Golden State. That didn't work out as, as kind of the third piece there. Um, and so, it you know, he's a guy that, that's been an all-star and is kind of just kind of veteran presence that they can re rely back on. So I kind of like this roster. And then there's Pat Bev, like we said, um, really – I mean, he does this every year. I, mean, I, I I kind of mixed feelings about this, I suppose, because Pat Bev, 
uh, will do anything to make the game about him more so than anybody that's ever averaged seven points per game I think I've ever seen is that he really but I mean to the point that he's drawing technicals for Marcus Morris you know I mean he's it's actually working he, he doesn't just uh, do it because for fun he, he's actually is a pest he gets people going mm -hmm. and can get frustrations going and then there was the additional fact that he was on the Clippers for four years trying to get yeah. them over the top he you know very much puts everything into his game um, and they decided to walk away from him. So for him to be able to get this moment was absolutely huge for him and the franchise. And so, you know, maybe the, the antics of standing on the table and it's throwing his jersey out there, maybe over the top, but you saw the tears in his eyes. Like this was yeah. not fake uh, emotions. This was real. This was, this was him being in his moment. And for what it's worth, absolutely do it. You know, I, yeah. I, I say it, it, it some, somewhat jokingly that there's always a Patrick Beverly day every year in the playoffs or, you know, in the uh, Christmas day a few years ago. Um, but if, if you do that, I mean, it, it, why not, you know, why not show up in that, that at times you can win a game uh, can be that important uh, for your franchise. And just to say, Hey, a Patrick Beverly, myself, I can come in here and make that difference. Uh, and he did to a degree there. I, again, I, I think Ant Edwards and, and D'Angelo Russell might have had a little bit more to do with it, but his uh, his steal there at the end was very big. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, if there's any confusion with how this play-in tournament works, obviously uh, we'll just give a brief discussion about it. I mean, the, 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 the seven and uh, the eight team plays each other in, the first, in a game, and then the nine and the ten play each other where – Whoever wins the seven eight, they receive that seventh seed spot, and then whoever, as the Clippers did in losing this game, they will await the winner of San Antonio and New Orleans, who are both the nine and ten seed. Obviously, nine being New Orleans, ten being our, uh, San Antonio, because New Orleans has the home court advantage, and whoever wins that game will go on to play the Clippers to be for the eighth slot. And then whoever loses this game tonight, where, uh, as I said, San Antonio will play New Orleans, they will be ousted out of the, the playoff picture. The same thing on the other side, the, the Cavaliers will play the victor of the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks, where, um, you know, obviously Cleveland had lost to uh, Brooklyn and they came up short. And that's why it's working out that way. 7 p.m. tonight on ESPN, the Hornets will play the Hawks. Uh, in the Eastern Conference side and in the Western Conference side at 9.30 on ESPN, the Spurs will play the Pelicans. Now, you had you had uh, 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 Blue Girl Gate. Obviously, that was something that was just something thrown in there where uh, she got arrested uh, but taken out by security. Glued her hand um, to the court. Glued her hand to the court. But uh, I'll tell you what, the, the court is probably the hardest thing to glue yourself to because of all the gloss that's on it. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure it didn't work very well. And it looked like but it was it seemed... Elmer's glue or something. I don't think she was yeah, using the but, best yeah, glue. So, yeah, it didn't really work very well. And I don't think it was the real sticky, sticky glue that we're talking about, that gorilla glue yeah. uh, type. But nonetheless, um, she seems to be protesting the alleged animal rights abuses <laughs> at an egg farm for Glenn Taylor, who is there, uh, the owner right now, until um, I think uh, Mr. Lore and uh, Alex Rodriguez, they have to pay in increments to take over the ownership. So they have to build up their, their ownership stakes to be able to take over. And so Glenn Taylor is still the owner right now. So she was there protesting Animal Lives Matter 
uh, for the egg harvest. And when they had, you know, when they had a situation where they had the, the avian flu, I think, or something of that nature, she was protesting that because they had to kill so many of them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we got through, <laughs> we got through that gate as well. Uh, uh, but at the end of the day, we also have um, the Nets and the Celtics are going to match up. We know that that matchup is going to happen. Um, who do you think is in danger of, of missing the playoffs between um, uh, – well, who do you think will come out the victor between the Celtics and the Nets? And who do you think will miss the playoffs between the Cavs and the Clippers? Uh, I think that I think the, the probably the Clippers are going to get in. It's kind of interesting with the with the Clippers um, potentially being the eight seed. Um, on the other side of it, or you have the Hawks who potentially could be uh, the eight seed there if they win tonight and then win their game against the Cavs. Those are both Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals last year. So it's kind of weird that those might go from that to the eight seed or uh, whatever it may be. They might follow the playoffs altogether. The Hawks tonight if they lose. Um, but uh, I, I think that the, the Clippers probably, again, we mentioned it, the, the West, is it's a joke of a play-in tournament because the 7 and 8 seed are far better than the 9 and 10 seed, whereas tonight the, the play-in game on the East is actually intriguing and I believe worth watching. Charlotte and Atlanta, like I said, Atlanta, Charlotte's a, an upcoming team, and we'll see. They've been rumored to maybe want to get Russell Westbrook. That could, that could blow it up, so I'm interested to see what Charlotte does. And then Atlanta, like I said, was in the Western Conference Finals last year. Trey Young was put on the map so I can't wait for that game tonight um, as far as the Celtics and Nets go the Nets knocked the Celtics out of the playoffs last year different group uh, unfortunately you know the Celtics are the best defensive team in the league but they're w without one of their best defensive anchors in Robert Williams for this matchup uh, we saw last night if you watch the Nets game Claxton absolutely was getting alley-oop left and right there at the end as they were spreading the floor and uh, so that could be uh, potentially damaging for the Celtics uh, I like the fact that that they've got JT or excuse me uh, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown going at the same time that was a question for a long time would you have to trade one of those guys I think that question's been answered um, obviously I, I think we with that injury, I'd give the Nets the slight benefit of the doubt, but they're going to probably have to do it, um, you know, close out the game in Boston if it does go to Game 7 because uh, Boston has the advantage there. Uh, I'll certainly be cheering for the Celtics, but I'll say this for either team. Tough road, tough, tough road. They're, they're likely going to have to, you know, beat each other, which is uh, an obstacle of itself, uh, and then probably play the Bucks and then play the winner of um, the 76ers in the Heat before you even get to the championship game. So that's a that's a lot to expect either team. I don't think either team's going to win a championship this year because it's too much of a gauntlet. Yeah, I think it is a big gauntlet. But one of the things to speak about the Celtics that I found very intriguing, as you talked about, we were trying to figure out at the early injury with Brown, how, would they be able to jail? They People were talking about getting them traded and moving them around and splitting them up and all of that. But take a look at it. Uh, Jay and Jay in their past eight games um, – uh, Jason Tatum had 31, Jalen 32, 23, 28, 34, 31, 26, 26, 36, 25, 30, 30, 32, 30, 26, 26. Great balance. They're figuring out how to play together, how to gel together. They're moving the ball tremendously better, and it's, it's, it's putting them in a great, great position to be able to make a run at a, a, a championship here. We, uh, we're up against it right now. We've got to take a little break. We can dig into this one all day. There's so much uh, information and so many stories that we can dig into. But unfortunately, we got to take a break to pay some bills. We'll be back uh, to finish out the segment right after these messages. <laughs> 